Welcome to the Hassle-Free RE Podcast, a real estate podcast where we bring you stories, education, and tips for investors and real estate enthusiasts. If you're interested in investing in real estate or just want to keep a pulse on what's happening in the market, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. If you enjoy our show, please make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Hello, and welcome to the Hassle-Free RE Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Menapace, and I'm here with my co-host, who will introduce herself as well as our guest. Yep, Kim Menapace here as your co-host, and I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, Natalie Palmer. So Natalie Palmer is a host of Nine Properties in Big Bear, California. She's also an educator, the host of No Vacancy Podcast. She was a speaker at the STR Virtual Conference for Women last week, and then is also hosting her own conference at the end of February, the Level Up Your Listing Summit. So I'll turn it over to Natalie to introduce herself. Natalie, welcome. Oh, here. Yeah. Hi, Dave and Kim. Thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm Natalie Palmer, everyone. And Kim, you pretty much nailed it with the intro. Uh, and then how how we all get connected <laughs> is we're all co, co-authors in a hosting book, Hospitable Hosts. So yeah, a lot of things going on. So Natalie, why don't we, why don't you share your story? Why don't we go back maybe even before you ever were managing or owning short-term rentals, paint a little picture of what life was like, and then how you got into it. We'll start there. Yeah. As you're taking me back, I was a very lost soul back, back in the day. <laughs> um, I definitely, I kind of grew up as somebody who, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, like that question just caused so much anxiety and stress. I had no idea. I um, prior to hosting, I was a wedding planner for a while. I worked at a rock climbing gym. I did server jobs. Um, I worked at an insurance company in their marketing department. I did like freelance web design, freelance social media. I really tried to dabble in everything. And it was so hard for me to like pick something that I felt like I wouldn't get burnt out of in a couple years. And right. Um, you know, I loved like the wedding industry, but I just didn't want to work every single weekend. And so even jobs that I loved, there was downsides to them. And then once I found hosting and I'll get into that, it was just like the perfect job. Like I always tell people who are multi-passionate, it's the perfect route you can go down. And even if there's pieces you don't like, like I hate the bookkeeping aspect of hosting, like hire a bookkeeper, but it's just so fun that you can you know, do like, if you're like a numbers and a creative person, you can do all the market research and all of that and run the numbers. And then you also get to design the listings and create an experience and everything. That's just one thing I always like tell hosts is if you are multi-passionate or not, I tell non-hosts, if you are multi-passionate and you don't know like a good career for you, like I highly encourage giving short-term rentals a try. Cause there's just, even if I get kind of like burnt out on staging homes, like I'll outsource right. that part on the next project, but I can still be like running numbers and you can just always like all the cart and pick and choose the pieces you want to do. Um, but how I got into hosting was uh, it's like, I feel like I should have started sooner, but my parents had a second home in Big Bear, California, and they bought it in 2011. And we just were going up a ton as a family. Um, I used to be a ski instructor at the resort there. So me and my dad would go up all the time and, uh, teach skiing on the weekends and then in between classes like go do runs on the slopes and stuff and as just me and my sister got older we weren't using the place as much as a family and 
I always call it the hosting itch that like something just kind of came over me. And I was like, I think I could list this place on Airbnb. This was in 2017. So it was like definitely more popular, but still not what it is today. Um, And I just begged my parents to let me try listing it for them. And luckily they agreed. And it's just taken off ever since. Um, They reinvested the money they made in one winter season into a down payment on a second home, which I started managing. And then from there, I just had neighbors see that we were constantly booked and they were like, hey, you guys are busy all the time. Your reviews look great. Can you manage my place? Um, And it just took off from there. So um, I now manage nine listings, um, still including those two for my parents. Um, Everything else is co-hosted. And then my husband and I bought one in 2021 um, to add to the mix there. So yeah, that's a little bit about my story. Um, But yeah, it's been fun. I totally call myself like an accidental host. Um, And once I found it, like I said, it just combined every single interest that I had, but I never like when people ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I never Airbnb wasn't a thing. So I couldn't know that this was waiting for me. But thank God I found it or it found me. That is that is amazing. And so what did what did that first conversation look like when you asked your folks if if you could go on this adventure with them or bring them on this adventure with you, I should say. So I'm very lucky. My parents uh, both grew up in communist Poland and they always since moving here, I'm first generation American. They've always been very supportive of me having a business or doing something outside of just the nine to five corporate path um, because I think they never had that opportunity. So they were very supportive of that. They were a little nervous because I think you know, investing in their like second home and their real estate prize possession was like, they were nervous about the guests and stuff, but I'm very lucky. It wasn't too hard to convince them. Like, you know, it was just kind of a little bit of like, you know, it's got, it can't be that bad with guests or no, no hosts would be doing it. There's 4 million hosts worldwide. Like it can't be that bad, you know? And, and they were like, okay, you got a point. Let's try it for a season. Um, So yeah, it was really just going to be Actually, I'm wrong. We were actually only going to do it for one week to start the week between Christmas and New Year's because it's so busy that week in Big Bear that I was like, let's just list for one week. We'll get a really high nightly rate. We don't even like being there that week. It's so busy. And then after we saw how much work it was to get it ready for the one week, we were like, well, (laughs) let's just go through the end of the winter season. And by then they were hooked. Like my parents are just they're both retired now, but they fully help with all of this. Um, I have two young kids, so my mom is the one who will like drive up and restock units now and help stage listings for the owners that we take on as co-hosting. My dad became HOA president because he's like, I better get on the board and protect that we can have short-term rentals, you know, if we're if we've got all these co-hosted listings here. So yeah, luckily it didn't take much. They've been very supportive and they now in their retirement help with the business. That's super cool. I want to dive into the transition too. So there's the conversation and then there's actually taking any personal items out, upgrading any yeah. things. And I think that that's a question we hear from people. I have a grandparent's house that I'd love to do this with or parents. And uh, I think that that can be hard to overcome. So I'd love to hear mm. more about how you got to that place. Yeah, this was definitely something to navigate because we had it as a personal like second home for six years before we started listing it. And so there was so much like ski gear and snow clothes and personal things there. And for a while, because we thought we were only going to do it for like one week, maybe a winter season, and that was it. We honestly didn't declutter as much as we should have. Like the 
the common areas and the usable space, we definitely did, but we kind of just like shoved things in closets and like locked an owner's closet, Um, which we very quickly were like, we have to clear that out because that ended up becoming the supply closet with like laundry detergent and shampoo and conditioner and paper towels. Um, So I, I think if we knew that we were getting into it like full time as professional vacation rental hosts, we probably would have been more diligent in the setup. But we just we really didn't know what we were getting into and like how good the money would be that it was like, OK, we're not going to take everything out if this is only a three month plan. Um, but since then, once it was like full force, like, OK, we're doing this as a business, um, that was kind of a difficult thing to navigate because my mom designed that condo and like loved the design and it just it was booking really well in the beginning but it wasn't trendy it was a very like timeless design and um we actually got picked to be part of the airbnb plus program and they sent a designer to come kind of redesign and refresh everything and me and my dad were all about it we were like we got picked for a reason like let's trust what they're saying and my mom was so like oh. attached to the design um and to this day she still doesn't like the new redesign but we're like this is like it's a business now we've had to transition that it's not like a personal home anymore so yeah that was definitely kind of a difficult conversation and again luckily my mom's original taste was still pretty good but I know what you're talking about when you get like a grandparent's home and there's just like knickknacks everywhere um actually there was one owner that asked me to co-host his property and I had to turn it down because he would not remove the personal items and stuff he had like framed pictures of his family and um, like Bible verses on the wall and everything. And I'm I'm Catholic, okay, but you can't like <laughs> you can't have that, you know? And right. he just he didn't want to like that's how he wanted it. He didn't want to take it down. And so I had to basically t- tell him if you ever consider redesigning, let's talk, but I can't host right. it this way. So yeah, that is a difficult conversation to have. Um and design is a very emotional thing for people. So it's tough to be like, hey, this one's not cutting it anymore. <laughs> Well, and especially from, you know, especially from the co-hosting perspective, so many people usually come at it from, you know, they, they, there's a, there's a lot of personal stuff tied to the house, even if their personal things aren't in there yet, you know, so I'm a, I'm a realtor and in Cape Cod near us, I'm helping people buy these homes and they say they're like this a hundred percent investment until you retire here, except not, not yet. Maybe actually, I don't know. And then, and then they're like, they, they want to put a lot of personal things in there and we have to create spaces to do that. But it is, I'm sure you've seen, you know, in, in your co-hosting business, that is the, you know, I can count on death taxes and talking about where to put personal belongings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those things. Yeah. Even, even sometimes it's not just personal belongings, but just like the disagreement on design. Um, one owner that I do co-host for, we've ran into kind of a little bit of a conflict actually, because he designs like these really, he's got a good eye for design. I totally give him that, but he put like all these like knickknacks on these open shelving, like on these open shelves in the bathroom and like styled it and staged it very pretty. But the cleaners were texting me after like every cleaning and they were like, we cannot keep up with this. Like we're taking down every single item to dust it and wipe the shelves. Um, And they were saying too, that every time they came in to clean, 
all those like not all of them, but like half of those shelf knickknacks were just on the floor. And they were like, I think that guests are trying to get, use the shelf space and like use the counter space. And so they're taking things down and we don't right. want to swing the door open and knock anything. Like, can you please talk to this owner about decluttering? And I had that conversation and he was so like stubborn about it. Like he was like, no, it looks good. That's what I have on my on my Airbnb photos. It has to match the expectations when people walk in. And it's like, you know, you did a good job designing, but there is a different design when it comes to short-term rental from just standard interior design in your own home, style your shelves however you want. And it was very like editorial and pretty, but it just wasn't functional here. Um, we ended up having to find a new cleaner for his place. He would, he was so oh. attached to the items. My cleaners right. were like, I can't do it anymore. So he found a new cleaner who puts up with it. Um, <laughs> but that's like where you got to decide you know like what is it truly the the investment that you're telling yourself it is or are you letting like your emotional attachment get in the way of hosting it efficiently right we have a rule where if a guest moves something twice it's not it's not getting put back love that it there oh my god i love that <laughs> that's like one of the things too like i'll see you know on these facebook pages where like facebook groups where hosts are just like i don't get it why do guests always rearrange the furniture and i'm like no you need to rearrange the furniture like clearly something's wrong if guests are always rearranging something so that's a great yeah. rule um yeah. Yeah. We always say guests put things where they're supposed to go. Yeah. We're the yeah. ones that we're the ones that put them in the wrong place to start. <laughs> exactly. It's the perfect way to look at it. Yeah. Oh, I think there's my. that balance of functionality and design. And even something that I think you can easily overlook. We took over a property that was managed by Vacasa before. And okay. they the one of the bedrooms, we could not figure out where you could charge your phone. And it was two twin beds. I'm like, these are gonna be two teenagers who want to be on their phones texting or Instagramming or TikToking, and there's no place to do it. So trying to think of sprinkling in those the functionality, both big and small. Uh, hey, they need places to store stuff temporarily for their toothpaste or their toiletries or their brush or whatever. So I think yeah. we almost go the other we, we are not strong on design ourselves, but we for the functionality piece we try to be very mindful of. And I'm sure it sounds like you you are as well. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. And even it's it's just crazy. There's so much to think about when you're designing for multiple guests. I'm only five two. And like when I design one thing I'll do when I'm like setting up a place is like at the end, like I will get on like a stool, you know, and like look around because I didn't notice there was like one time a guest said something like, oh, there was a bunch of like cardboard on top of the fridge or something. Like I don't know how that even got there. Just in the setup, somebody must have stashed it there. I didn't even see it from my vantage point, you know? And so you right. have to like think about the fact that people from all different shapes and sizes are coming into the property. Um, another one too, like we always do um, like those safety um, safety bars in the shower. And that's another one that owners have kind of pushed back and they're like, I've done this beautiful tile. Like, please don't make me put in a safety bar and ruin it. And it's like, it's a business. Like, do you want a slip and fall in there? Like, right. like help your guests out, you know? And I know sometimes you got to compromise on, on those things, but you have to, at the end of the day, if you're really treating it seriously. That's a good you know, tip there. Huh? That is really good. I was like, Ooh, write that down. Um, <laughs> and, and we always say like, help the guest be a good guest. You know, don't, yes. don't, don't leave them up to their, their own thoughts and opinions to be a good guest support them in being a good guest. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Don't put like, you know, fabric furniture or something like, like help your guests out, you know, do like real leather or faux leather or something or like performance fabric if you're going to do anything. But 
Yeah, it just sucks. You get on these Facebook groups and hosts are just ripping on their guests and stuff. And it's like nine out of 10 things. I'm like, that was preventable. Like that was on you for not setting it up the right way. So yeah, you help your guests out as much as you can. I love the way you phrased that. Help your guests be good guests. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The, you know, one of the houses we manage, um, they have a white cloth couch and it's dog friendly. And when Kim and I walked into that house, we were like, that was bold <laughs> and it's, and it's dirty. <laughs> so um, it is <laughs> like who would have thought. Um, and, and bold was the word that the owner used to describe it, knowing that it was not the best decision. So I feel empowered to say that myself now, but, um, you know, one thing, you know, cause it, it, especially when we talk numbers or how many houses people own or manage, you know, this, this industry has a way of, of having the hockey stick effect where it just, you know, and one thing that at least for me never follows, I can bring in more co-host clients quicker than I can learn to manage them. Yep. So I'd love to have you share your experience in going from just managing one to two, three, up to nine. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? Okay. I I think I have a very unique perspective on this because every single property that I manage, they are all in the same condo complex. Um, And so I actually found that scaling up actually made everything easier because I already had a cleaner and a handyman. And what I didn't realize when I started co-hosting for other owners, it became at this point with nine listings, we have enough. We have our cleaner and our handyman full-time for us. And that has been, I swear, like one of the biggest game changers for the entire business before it would be, you know, two, two o'clock or check-in time is three. And I would be looking like our cleaner has not showed up yet. Text them. And they're like, we're 15 minutes away. We came from another property around across town, you know, and because like cleaners have it rough, they have to fit all of their working hours into basically like four hours between checkout and check-in and, Mm -hmm. you know, like try to get as much business as they can in that time. And so if you cannot solely provide them enough and they're not exclusive to you, you have no control over what time they end up showing up. Um, And that actually made it so much easier, like ironically scaling up, which gave us like full control over them, changed everything. Um, Also, since we are in a condo complex, having that many owners we manage for. We got all these extra votes and board members on the HOA. I know people are really scared to host in HOAs. Um, All you got to do is have that majority. Just get the majority on the board and you're fine. Um, (laughs) So that helped a lot too. And now we tell, you know, a tenth of the owners like, or there's 50 condos total in that complex and we're managing almost like 10 listings. So about 20% of the the vote we control at this point. I like it. So, you know, that was a very like strategic kind of move too. And so um, the way we scaled up actually made things a lot easier, but I have turned down uh, more co-hosting gigs than I've taken on. If there's anything like, you know, even 10 minutes away, I just know like that's a distraction for my cleaner. I'd have to get a whole other cleaning team for that because I'm so dialed into these operations. And so Um, yeah, that's definitely one thing. Like, don't be scared of co-hosting and that thinking that the scaling up will be a distraction. I've actually found that it just made everything run so much more efficiently. Um, but it's because we're so like effectively, I, I guess like I accidentally followed the boutique motel model, like not even knowing it, but (laughs) 
Um, you know, there's like people you see now buying out full boutique motels and they use all the same staff for that. Um, so we're essentially doing that. There's a shared pool and hot tub and everything. So I don't have to maintain any of that, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like picking up other, if I were to take on anything else outside of that complex now, I would have to hire and train a whole new cleaning team, um, which I'm not averse to, but just right now with two young kids, I'm like, that's not what I want to take on. And so I've been very choosy about only working with owners in that complex. What, you know, what I love about that is you described perfectly some of the biggest challenges Kim and I have. So we have, we, we own a, a little cottage in Cape Cod and we co-host across Cape Cod as well. Mm -hmm. And then up in Northwest Maine, we have a mountain house and we co-host up there. And that business up there has definitely been growing. And we're at this really interesting inflection point with both of them where the the operations aren't quite big enough yet to fully bring things in-house. They're close, but we're not there yet. So we deal with the challenges of that. Um, And then of course we have two totally different markets and And that's been really interesting to work through. Uh, luckily, we've been focused enough recently or really heightened our focus on it that it has gotten easier, better, and more scalable, which is really great. And all the owners kind of get the attention they need. But yeah, there are definitely growing pains beyond just having you know increased guest communication. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've honestly found like the increased guest communication isn't even that bad. Like it does take more time, but you will find so quickly 90% of the questions are the same. And if you're just like saving the responses you come up with as like a quick reply or plug it in an automated message, it's yeah. really okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's like ironic that I've actually found like scaling up in a way made everything easier, but like to a point, right? Like, and that's why I'm right. very like selective <laughs> about like not going like kind of outside of that complex. So I don't know, but there's pros and cons to any way you do it. The one con for me is that because I'm only wanting to work with owners in that complex, I'm not getting like there's been like really like juicy properties that I've like turned down because I'm just like not in a position right now where I feel like setting up a whole other team, Um, you know, and sometimes it's like if it's not the perfect property, like I'll still take it because it's just convenient per location. So there's pros and cons to any way you do it. But yeah, I definitely that's one thing too, like I know a lot of owners who are interested in co-hosting, um, like tons of hosts I've talked to own one property, love it. And they want to start co-hosting because they're not in a position to buy their next one yet. And they're always like, what market should I co-host? Co-host where you are, co-host exactly where you are. Use the same cleaner, use the same handyman. Like you figured it all out. You figured out the seasonality there. Um, be like a trusted resource for those owners who want you to co-host. If you already know that market, that's your selling point. And don't be yeah. worried about like, too many people in the same in the same area or competition like that. Um, it's actually helped us so much. Our cleaners, we basically found we could not find any cleaner to clean our properties for less than one twenty five per cleaning fee. Our cleaners are charging us ninety per cleaning fee because we're basically right. giving them like so much bulk cleaning that they were right. like, okay, we'll do ninety per cleaning. And so you're able to kind of like take advantage of different like savings and. Um, you know, like our handyman will come. Um, so our handyman is actually our cleaner's fiance. So they'll come together to clean and, you know, she'll be like, Daniel, get over here. There's a broken towel rack in this, in this (laughs) thing. And he'll just like walk right over there and, and take care of it. I'm not even alerted to half the things at this point because they're just on site and they'll do it. And then he'll bill me at the end of the day and be like, here's a picture. I fixed this. 
you know, an extra 30 bucks or whatever. Um, so it's so nice. Like, yeah, don't, if you are an owner wanting to co-host, like look at where you're at already and just approach your neighbors. That is the easiest way to start co-hosting. And, and you have all the trust too, right? I mean, that's the, that is invaluable in my opinion. Uh, Mm -hmm. if you trust that cleaner and you trust the handyman, that's what makes it so you can be present with your kids and family when stuff's happening. Yeah, for sure. That's the biggest like time suck of all. If you have a cleaner and a handyman that are not reliable and not trustworthy, I just, we've been there and it's, and it's rough. Um, yeah, there's just no way like around it. You have to, there's no like hack (laughs) I have for you. You just have to get a team that you can trust. When, um, when I was in Nashville in June, we had something happen at our Cape house so Kim had to, Kim had to take two days off of work. She had to go down to, which is an hour and a half away to clean and meet the new cleaner. And then the next day, this wasn't a fault of a cleaner. This was my fault. I allowed bookings a little too early, but she had to drive four hours up to Maine to go do a final once over before the first guests. And, uh, yep. That wasn't fun. (laughs) Dave Dave left the cleaner's closet open. He and the photographer traipsed dirt all over the doormats. I'm like, did you vacuum before you left? So it was good that I got to have that last walkthrough and do those touch-ups. But I'm like, can you please check with me before you accept the first booking of a brand new launch? So it's water under the bridge now, but it was so funny. The, the, um, the, opposition of Dave being at this awesome conference meeting people like he didn't run into you there but a bunch of other folks and then I'm spending three of those four days cleaning properties wellness checks and doing that double checking so um I wanted to go back to the economies of scale you were talking about you're getting Mm -hmm. that with your cleaner and your handyman I think that and you choose to stay in the guest communication which is really cool I think for Dave and I we had to step out of it because that we we enjoy it to a certain extent but we're getting it at during bath time with, we have two little ones as well. Or, and so I think that even with two separate markets and growing in each of those, we aren't at a a point of economies of scale in those markets with our vendors, but we are with a VA to help with guest communication and train them the way we want to do it. So, um, love to, yeah, I think that it's, it's cool. You can choose what you want to delegate. And I think that you're very clear on what you're good with delegating and what you still want to have a piece of and, and still be in, a part of for other reasons. I think that goes into your education piece, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's definitely, I love, um, I swear I'm like the only host who actually loves the guest communication part. Like I love talking with my guests um, and I don't want to give it up, but I think like everything you just said, like I do get the messages during bath time and it's like, uh, why right now? Um, I think that that is, that is one piece I'm going to have to start outsourcing this year and like officially do the leap for a VA. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just weird. Like things are changing so much as it grows. And like, uh, I love, like, I, you know, I told you guys, like, I just love that. I like, I have so many passions and I've been able to like really pick and choose what I want to keep and, and, and outsource. And it's like, slowly, I have to give more and more away. It's painful. I love doing it all. <laughs> <laughs> I know it, it is. And at the same time, right, when you get some sort of issue when all I want to be doing is reading Logan a book or yeah. just hanging out because why not, right? Or yeah. or Kim and I are having some wine because the kids finally fell asleep. Whatever it is, it's there are pockets of time when it's cool and it's fun. And then there's pockets where it's like, oof, boy, that yeah. took a lot. That drained me today. Um, yeah, I've been there. One, one thing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
One thing that I think would be super cool to share is sort of your journey or um, how you came about doing uh, some of the social media. I'd love to hear how you started, got the idea to start your podcast and some of the content, because I just, I think it's so neat how you've taken all that you've achieved in short-term rentals and bundled it up and packaged it in a way that's not only, in my opinion, super entertaining, but it's also just really educational for people. Well, thank you for that. Um, again, just like hosting, it was all accidental. Like I, <laughs> what I learned, learned about myself, I really don't go into things with a lot of strategy. I figure it out as I go. Um, but yeah, with, um, you know, in the last year and a half or so, I've kind of pivoted my hosting, my role as a host into like education and content creation um, for new and experienced hosts. And that's been a fun journey. It really just started. I posted like one stupid reel that got like 50,000 views. And I was like, whoa, like I've never had any content take off. All that was happening was like my friends and family followed me. And I was like, all right, let me do another post about hosting because that seemed to do well. And it just took off from there. And so I was like, clearly, this is what's resonating. I know this subject really well. I love talking about this. Let me just lean into it. Um, probably my, all my friends and family have unfollowed me by this point, but like, it's fine. I'm just like exclusively an Airbnb account. If you scroll back far enough, you'll see like old posts of me in a sorority in college, but that's <laughs> seems like another life. Um, so yeah, it just, it was totally like by accident, you know, and it just started to take off and really, I just listened to my followers like very well. Like they would ask me, questions like, do you have a course? Can we like, do you offer consultations? And I was like, you know what I do now? Yep. I've got a course now. Yep. <laughs> and so I just like really listened to the feedback that followers would give me the same as the same as hosting with a guest. Like you said, if a guest moves something two times, like you listen to that feedback, you know, um, if people are leaving things in reviews, um, you know, whatever, too many knickknacks on the shelves, like I go talk to that owner about it. And so, um, yeah, I just really tried to like feed into what people were asking for. Um, and then the podcast that was only supposed to be like a 12 episode run. Um, essentially what I wanted to do was I would have a lot of people asking like, what do you do for cleaners? Where do you find them? How do you train them? What do you expect of them? Yada, yada, yada. So I was like, I'll make one episode on cleaning what do you do for co-hosting? Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I'll do one episode on co-hosting. And I just wanted like 12 episodes on like, you know, pricing, finding a place, whatever, different topics. And that way, if I ever got DMs, I could be like, go listen to episode eight, like that covers it. Um, and then actually that conference, um, June Nashville, STR yeah. Wealth. Um, I met Will Slickers there. I don't know if you guys know yeah. him. Okay. Yeah. I met Will there. We started talking. He runs the podcast network hospitality right. fm i think i had like eight podcast episodes out at that point i had no idea like how my downloads were i didn't even know how to read those numbers or anything and he's like all right let's pull up your show and see how it's doing and he was like oh my god it's in the top like three percent of podcasts worldwide and i was like okay oh. i can't stop like i was supposed to be done in like two more episodes like i can't stop now so yeah it just kind of I don't know. I've continued it since then. Um, but it was really just supposed to be like a quick little, like one season of episodes. So yeah, that's a lot of my life I've learned. I don't really go into things with a lot of pre-thinking or strategy. I just figure things out as I go, whatever sticks, I stick with it and whatever I don't like, I, I outsource that or quit. <laughs> that's really, really neat. <laughs> um, and so, and then sort of the next evolution of that is the, the summit, right? The yeah. level up your listing summit. So I'd love to hear too, how, 
um, how that kind of came about and what does it take to put on, you know, a conference like that? Yeah. Okay. Oh so boy. big um, question. <laughs> yeah. So so Tatiana, who I also met for the first time at that conference in Nashville in June, um, her and I have paired up to put on Level Up Your Listing Women's Summit, which is an all women's short term rental summit. Um, it's at the end of um, February, the 27th, 28th, and March 1st, um, three days in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh the reason like we wanted to do this was we, Tatiana and I both love attending these events. I just can't get enough of them now. That one in Nashville was the first one I ever went to. Crazy to think that was only like seven right? months ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. And I've been to so many since then. And I mean, you know, like I just told you, like with the podcast, like I would have dropped the podcast if I had not. It was like so serendipitous that I like met Will at that. And he like showed me my numbers and like put faith into me to keep it going. And I just think that there's so much value that comes from networking at this point, um, being in hospitable hosts, like all these right. projects have just come from meeting the right people. And we're so passionate about that. And so we wanted to put on our own event, but uh, the all women's spin came, um, Kim, you kind of touched on this already. <laughs> we noticed that we would go to so many meet meetings and meet like married couples where the guy was always like oh you know I'm running all the numbers and getting these deals and stuff and then I'd always see the wife who's like oh yeah I'm I run the whole business basically like I get the cleaners and I go clean up mud that was tracked through and make sure the owner's closet is locked like all those things came just mentioned you know while Dave is out like wheeling and dealing and everything and being the being the agent like <laughs> I've just noticed in so many of these situations there's like a wife behind every business that's like fueling this thing forward to keep going. And so, um, you know, I married enough kids, Tatiana is engaged and we just both were like, we have to do like a women's event. I think that we have a unique perspective on this. Um, I honestly, no offense, Dave, I think women like secretly run this whole industry. Like we are the ones who like design places that even get booked and get people in the door. And I feel like women book more often than not. Even when men book my place, they always say, oh, my wife picked this place and told me to book it. And I just was like, we need to do like an all women's spin. Like we've got a unique perspective here. And so our summit is going to be really like dialed into like the operations of everything. We'll still talk about scaling and growth and our speaker lineup is awesome, but there's a huge focus on like day to day communicating with guests, hospitality, um, guest experience, all of all of those things that I think excite us. Um, so, yeah, that was just another one that, again, everything just happens like very <laughs> organically. I don't really force anything, but we Tatiana and I were just so aligned on this and um, we love networking. So we we're like, we got to we got to do it. Yeah, yeah a quick awesome. question for you in case anyone wants to go. Do you still have tickets available? Yes, we do. You know what? Let's give your listeners uh when will this come out? Will it be before then? Cuz I can yes. give like a promo code. It'll it'll be actually this episode will be released next week. So Okay. Boom. Let's drop hassle-free 10. Hassle-free 10 is going to be the promo code that gets your listeners 10% off. <laughs> oh, <Boom>. that's great. <laughs> Thank and you, you can, so and that's levelupyourlistingsummit.com. I don't know if I even said the website yet. <laughs> well, well, and we'll obviously we'll have that in the uh, the social media, the the show notes, and the the YouTube release of this. So, cool. um, 
Yeah, you, I know. Oh, Dave, I'll jump in really per- quick. Personally, I can't go. I'm on a sabbatical from my W-2 job for four weeks and I go back to work the week before it. Yeah. So I said to Dave, I was like, oh, I, I discovered it a couple months ago. I think Dave made have sent it to me. And uh, I was bummed when I realized that. So it was so nice to catch you last week at the virtual summit. So, but uh, yeah. I highly recommend if anyone's looking for a conference in the near term that still has tickets open, this is perfect. Yeah. And I know you mentioned Stacey St. John. She's one of our speakers. Julie George is a speaker. Um, a lot of the other, um, a lot of the faces that you would have seen in Stacey's virtual summit um, will be there. A lot of fellow hospitable host authors. Um, so yeah, we've got a really, really solid lineup. I'm super excited. It's a hero lineup. When I saw that, I was like, whoa. I honestly, I couldn't believe Tatiana and I were like, how did we get all these people? Like, this is the first time they've met it. They're just, they're just trusting us. Like, okay, cool. I love that. I love that. And so I want, I want to rewind a little bit because you brought up some points that really resonated with me and, and would resonate with Kim, but uh, you are a hundred percent right in that, you know, between for our, uh, our Kim and I, our uh, short-term rental companies, you know, the the houses we own and then we co-host. Without Kim, we'd be in brutal shape. Like <laughs> I, I I move fast. I can make really amazing relationships with owners. I can do sales, and there is just a trail of dust that you can't see through right behind me, and it is yeah. brutal. And you know, for weeks, we were months, really, we were operating with just me before Kim had a few weeks off from work here. And I think when she looked under the hood of the car, she was not very pleased. So it's been finally, and and so, so Kim manages a lot of people and a lot of processes at her, at her regular job. Uh, and just going back and having Kim do like the strategy and the organization and, and put some real training wheels on me. So I didn't make, yeah. the, make the bike fall over again has been amazingly helpful. So this, yeah. 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 If you're, if you're getting your, if your perspective of being a short-term rental host is from like TikToks, it's just so sugar-coated. Like they're just like, oh, I just picked up 10 units and they're each bringing in $10,000 a month. And that's how I make $100,000 a month, you know? And there's just so like, people completely skim over like everything Kim that you just said in that, in that rant with like the dirt track through and the owner's supply closet open, like every woman listening to that knows and has been there and knows exactly what you're going through. Like we've all had just the most like obvious things to us, you know, it seems like, oh my God, like why can't the cleaner like put this vase back on the table? And it's like, we've just all been there. Like, I don't know, all the messages from guests and stuff, like, you know, people always complain, oh, do any of you have guests who leave five stars in every category, but four stars overall? Like, I feel like the people who are like out there getting new deals don't even notice that. And we obsess over it and it let it just destroy us internally. And that's like who I, who we just really wanted to speak to is like the friendship aspect of hosting that there's no new experiences. We've all been there. We've all been through it. It doesn't make you a bad host to get a four-star review or anything. And I don't know, there's just that relatability piece that I think a lot of hosts are lacking. It's a very lonely business. Even if we all do the same thing, we're not checking into an office every day and meeting up with each other. And it's very hard to see if other people are running into the same issues that you are. But I promise you, we all are. It's not as glamorous as as TikTok makes it seem. <laughs> yeah. And so recently we joined 
mentioned uh, Mike Shogren's uh, mastermind, the STR Secrets, and it was it's been a it's been an amazing journey just because even with Kim and I doing it together, it can still be lonely outside of these four walls, right? Yeah. Like what we're doing and the industry we're in, you know, there's not it's not like all of our friends are doing it, right? It's not like we're all going in an office together. It's not even like our parents have really done it. I mean, you have a really kind of neat situation where you're all working together. But even then, like you said, it's, you know, there's no one to tell you if you're doing it right or wrong. Yeah. And there are hard days. And then there's days where, to, to your exact point, you're hanging out with the kids or, you know, your spouse. And it's just like, man, I don't want to have to go do that. And you do yeah. for the for the best of your company, but having these, like, I totally agree. Having conferences like this or masterminds or, you know, just Facebook communities are okay. But I find getting to these conferences, if, if growing is, is your interest and meeting others doing the same thing as your interest, they're, they're totally invaluable. And it's just fun to get out and get away for a little bit. Yeah. Kim, are you going to the Nashville one? Are you able to make it this time around? I am. Yes. So we we actually have incredible grandparents that watch our kids when we have to go do these types of things. So I will be in in Nashville. So I hopefully see you there. Yeah. 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 Good. You're finally going to get to come to one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so Kim actually came to um, Miami because Kim and I went to yeah. When, we, when I was in Nashville last time, I'm like sitting in there on the last day and Bill, how Bill does his marketing thing, which is fantastic, by the way. But oh, yeah. he's like, he's like, unmatched. Either. Like, yeah. I'm going to get in trouble with Bill if Kim and I don't go. Can't yep. have that. So, uh, so Kim and I went to Miami. And what was really neat about that is I felt like going to Miami allowed Kim and I to have an opportunity to, not that we were ever not aligned in this industry, but it really allowed us to come together and create a, a, a goal, yeah, a real goal, and then put some framework around how that was going to be achieved. It was really, you know, out of Miami, we started doing our podcast more regularly where we had started it last April, but there's maybe half a dozen episodes. We're like, no, we should do this weekly. This is really good way to continue to connect with people in between these conferences. And, you know, Kim and I get to sit front seat as students when we have somebody on here, which is super neat. I, yeah. I always learn something new. So I do that with my show too. Selfishly, I like bring on people that I want to learn from. And I'm like, this is just a free hour of consulting that yes. other people can listen to if they want. <laughs> and I people do. They like it for some reason. <laughs> No, I, I really do think it's amazing. And I, and I think that is also somewhat of an industry thing, or at least, you know, you and us, we run in really similar circles. And I think a lot of people in this little niche sector of real estate tend to get along well, probably because we're all going through the same crap sometimes, or we're all listening to similar content or making similar content and supporting each other and doing it, which yeah. is gotta be my, you know, I think that to me is way more um, it is just as fulfilling as launching a new Airbnb or like, like that comes like that is just part of it, but it, yeah. it's these moments that have really, um, for, for me and, and Kim, I won't speak for you, but for me, it really, it, it makes it awesome. Definitely. One thing I, I just heard this on another podcast, um, and it like just hit me so 
resonated so well, but somebody was saying something along the lines of like, the more successful you get, the less people you have to relate to. And I never thought about it that way, but it's like, I've talked to just so many hosts who say, you know, I have a difficulty with a guest or something or a cleaner and I can't vent to my friends or family about it. Like they feel, um, first of all, they just don't relate. And then also like, there's sometimes a little bit of like jealousy or something that goes there. And like, well, why do you get to own multiple properties, you know, and, and we're still renting and stuff. And it's just so sad. People see it that way. Cause like we just said, like, if I see somebody who knows more than me or is doing better than me, like I'm bringing them onto my show and trying to learn from them, you know, but it's sad that a lot of people will tear it down. But I've definitely noticed it just the way that this podcaster phrased it was like, the more successful you get, the less and less people you have to like relate with and share the same problems. Um, and yeah, it just really like hit me. Like you just have to, when you find like people in this community or any community or industry that you're crushing it in, you have to like stay close and make those friendships because it only gets harder and harder from there. And there's fewer and fewer people who get what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And I think that with talent venting or just sharing with people who are not in the industry, I think that there can be this, I told you so there's the people are sitting on the sidelines because yeah. they don't want to deal with guest communication or what if the toilet explodes in the middle of the night? I feel like everyone asks that <laughs> and then people say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. They're like, well, I would just call a plumber. Like I know what if that were my primary house? And I think yeah. that if you share that, it reaffirms that, oh yeah, this is messy and complicated. And I don't want to go into that. You kind of signed yourself up for that. So mm -hmm. I think that that can also be isolating. So it is nice to create community. And I think that um, being able to do podcasts from across the country or these virtual summits and, and all these other ways to connect with people not in person that COVID's helped expedite, it's been really empowering in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a weird, yeah, that I told you so thing is definitely true. Like I've noticed that. Um, and honestly, I've probably done that with like friends in their industry, you know, like I have friends who have picked career paths that I couldn't one of my good friends is like a social worker. I could never. And when she tells me about the mental health issues and stuff she sees and she's venting, I'm like, well, you picked it, you know, like I, I definitely am sure right. I'm that way with other people too. So this isn't like to knock on anyone, but it's just, there's, you do just have to surround yourself with people who get what you're going through. Like, I can't tell you how many times I thought that I was such a failure at doing this because I couldn't find a good cleaner. Turns out, nobody's found a good cleaner. Like it's the hardest <laughs> thing to do, you know? And I was just like, what's right. wrong with me? I'm a bad boss. Why can't I retain talent? It's the biggest struggle. And like, just knowing that has like adjusted my expectations to now where we are obsessed with our cleaner. Are there a few things I would fix in a perfect world? Yes. But like now that I've just communicated with others, like I value her so much. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just so like important to know what other people are doing and like be tuned in to how the industry is running and and changing and how hosts are adapting right um the uh i feel like you know everything you just described is so timely i kim we must have been having this exact same conversation a night or two ago even yeah I mean, yeah we definitely were <laughs> you know it uh and, and it's not that we want to just like scorch the earth and not hang out with any of our friends it's just as Kim and I have been working really hard to build up our, our business or different businesses, I guess, 
there's just sort of a time and place for certain relationships. And sometimes you almost have to like time box certain things or relationships or like events or whatever. So you can focus on this and sometimes focusing on this in the short-term rental industry for us means totally embrace like surrounding ourselves with folks doing the same thing. You know, every single time, you know, in my, uh, in Mike's mastermind, we have this accountability group and every single time we meet, even, you know, for some of the people in there, they're brand new to this. I learned something from them, or I can just get, you know, a little bit of consolation for a really crappy moment. I can't think of anything in particular, but you know, it's, it's helpful. It, it helps support people. Um, so for, for you, and it's okay if you don't know the answer to, to this next question, but Natalie, what does sort of, you know, 2023 or 2024 look, where do you see yourself taking, where do you see yourself going within the industry? Oh man, I'm at a, I feel like I'm at like a crossroads, like, like Mike, right? I don't know how he does it where he's such a huge like content creator and still like crushing it with, with the real estate investments. I feel like I can't do both. Like it's really sucking my, I don't want to half-ass either of them. So I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like I love the podcasting and the content creation, but I love hosting too. And I do want to grow that. So I feel very torn right now. Um, And that's okay. Yeah, we'll see. Like I love, I love both avenues. Um, I think for me, what my next, I, I don't really think I want to continue like doing any like single family homes or, or condos or anything. I would love to do, um, like a boutique motel or like a really unique, like glamp site. Actually, I'm sitting in my Airstream that we bought and I'm looking for a place to park it right now. And like, buy a few more and do like a little Airstream village. Um, so I found I'm very much drawn to like more creative hosting um, ventures from now on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm kind of, I still scroll Zillow every day, but I don't know if I want another like single family home. I think I'm, I think I'm going to like see if there's like a really good motel deal and then maybe find like partners on that or buy land yeah. for an Airstream village. Um, and just keep like cranking away at the podcasting world in the meantime. Cause I love this. And, um, you know, even with me, I, the last property we bought was, um, April, 2021. So almost coming up on two years of not doing another real estate investment, but I at least feel like doing the show and going to events, like still keeps me like in tune with trends and what other people are doing. Um, and I've met so many people already that were like, the moment you find like a project you want to go, like hit me up, we will partner, we'll invest in it. And I'm like, that's just amazing. You know, that there's like so many connections I've made and stuff, even without me, like (laughs) investing in almost two years. So right. I, I don't know. I don't know what this year looks like for me. We'll see. Like I said, I don't really, I don't really plan things that far. <laughs> I'm sure I will like drive by a motel or something and be like, that's the one I'm making an offer. Like that's probably what will happen. <laughs> well, it, it might be that, you know, we do another recording in a year and I just, tur- I ask it the opposite way. I say, so what'd you stumble into this last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That tends to be how things for me go. Um, even like we bought this Airstream total, total <laughs> fluke. I just followed some girl who was selling it on Instagram. And I was like, we have to have it. She lived like 30 minutes from us. And I was like, we have to have it. Like, I don't know what it is. I just, I just need it. So we bought it. I don't have land to park it yet. So it's been in my driveway. It's been temporarily my recording studio, I love um, that. but like, yeah, awesome. I just, I don't know. I just like, I, I go with my gut a lot on different things and yeah, I don't know if that's the best, but it's worked so far. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't seem too bad so far. Um, <laughs> 
Well, that's awesome. You know, we're, we're coming up towards the end of our recording here. Um, didn't know if you had any, I never prep anyone for this question, which is hilarious. I probably should start doing that, but, uh, didn't know if you had any parting words or any words of advice or anything like that for folks. Hmm. Okay. I've told this on another podcast, but this is, so if someone's listening to this, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself, but the best advice I've ever gotten was actually from my mom. And she always says, don't let other people make their problems, your problems. Um, and she would say that even prior to hosting, but that is my favorite thing to live by. And I found it served in hosting a lot. If you ever have the guest who wants to cancel last minute and they say, I have to, because I'm sick and yada, 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 like that is your problem. I am not making that my problem. This was our cancellation policy. It's not my fault. You didn't get trip insurance. Like, sorry. And so I know it's cutthroat sometimes, but it's just helped me a lot. Like, with with anything now you know if um, the cleaner has like excuses of why something wasn't done or something it's like that's that should not have been my problem you need to take care of it um right. so yeah that's helped me a lot that's really good i've done that way too many times ask him oh yeah, yeah. most recently we had um a snowstorm come through around christmas like the, most of the country did and our guests had heat and we had a generator kick in. So they were good. They had heat electricity, but our Starlink internet was acting up at the time and Dave's freaking out. And I, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. They have electricity. They have heat, the, the generators kicking on and just the Wi-Fi is acting up. That's not a huge deal. That, yeah. Just because they feel like it's a huge problem to them. It started working 10 or 20 minutes later and David done all the troubleshooting steps he could, but he feels so so empathetic for them. He's thinking this is the worst thing ever. And I'm, I'm listing out the positives and saying, just because they think it's a problem doesn't mean it actually is a problem at the moment. Yeah. We've done everything we can and it'll come back soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the perfect. You can't like fix everything. And I always wonder with people like that too, like what would they do if the internet was out for 20 minutes in their own house? Like, uh, you know, like they just, it's suddenly once they're in an Airbnb, like they expect like a full refund and you to just like drive over and bring them like a fruit basket. And it's like, there's some things that you just got to like roll up your sleeves and deal with in life. I don't know, but right. yeah, it's funny. The moment they get into an Airbnb, like we just had a guest text us a picture. This literally happened yesterday. She texted us a picture of a dead spider that was sitting like when you open the washing machine, it's a top load washing machine. When you open it, a dead spider was sitting there and she asked for the cleaning fee refunded. I- I'm like, there's a spider. There's, 20 spiders in that listing somewhere. What's that thing that I always say you're never within, you're never further than like six feet away from a spider. I think I've heard that (laughs) like, you know, so one got there and died. Like that does not indicate a cleanliness issue. It's been four days since someone was there, like a spider got there and died. But yeah, in your own house, you just get a wad of toilet paper and throw it out. But for some reason, when they check into a short-term rental, people like forget how to, how to just like take care of themselves. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That is yeah. awesome. Uh, well, uh, Natalie, how can folks find you on social media and get in touch with you? If, they want <laughs> um, if you just go to my Instagram, I'm the mm-hmm. most active there. You can find me Natalie Palmer. Um, and then I link everything from there. So instead of giving you 10 links, I'll just send you to my, to my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And uh, just for the listeners, we'll also put the uh, level up your listing summit link in there and we'll, uh, we'll put the promo code in there and share all that good stuff. So Natalie, thank you so much for joining us. This was a lot of fun. This was, it was great to hear your story, not just about investing, but the social media side and the education side. So thank you very much. 
Thank you, guys. Bye. All right. Bye. And hold up. Before we actually end the show, we were lucky enough to stay online with Natalie. And I guess it wouldn't really be a Natalie discussion without having a guest story. So with that, Natalie shares with us one of her most memorable guest experiences at her short-term rentals. (laughs) We'll go back into recording. (laughs) I don't know if it'll make it in or not. Memorable yeah, this is guest the, experience. The, the encore, yes. The memor- most entertaining guest experience or memorable. My most memorable guest experience. Okay, so if I really give you the whole drag out story, it would be 30 minutes for me to tell it, but I'll give you like the two minute version. Um, So essentially we had a guest who got arrested while staying at our place. Turns out he had multiple arrest warrants for him across multiple different states. Um, so the, the quick backstory is that, um, we had, we had some guy, I'll make up fake names, James and Richard. Okay. So James books our place and he met this guy, Richard on Grindr. They had been talking for a few months and decided to like meet for the first time at our, at our Airbnb. So apparently they come up and this is their first time meeting after the second night, they get in some huge fight and start chasing each other like around the condo complex one of them i don't know who was like in their underwear like either the one chasing or the one being chased so the neighbors call cops show up they take their ids and then find that one of them had multiple arrest warrants out so they take him they they detain him and they're like he's not getting let out he's awaiting extradition to another state where he's got arrest warrants um so we had no idea what was happening just our neighbor was like we called the cops and we saw them take one of them away um, we didn't know if the one who got arrested was the one who booked or the guest who he came with. So anyway, we tried to reach out and send some messages. No response. Turns out that the one who got arrested was the one who made the booking. So we're like, how do we get a hold of the other person? Like we never got their phone number or anything. Um, luckily, that guy ended up calling me a couple hours later and he was like, thank God you put your phone number in the house manual. Like I remembered to like take a picture of it or something. So even though I couldn't connect with you through Airbnb, I had your contact info. So he called me and basically filled me in. Long story is that this, the guy who got arrested, his warrants were for identity theft, identity fraud, credit card theft, credit card fraud. And the reason they got in this fight and started chasing each other It's because the one guy had left to the grocery store. And when he came back, James, the one who got arrested, was going through his bag and like through his passport and all his credit cards and everything. So they got in some huge fight and started chasing each other around. Um, Yeah. So that was the craziest (laughs) story ever. Um, And then the next day, the guy, the innocent one, called us and said, hey, I just want to let you know, I just found out all my bank accounts have been drained. So just check your like wi-fi and whatever i have no idea what this guy's up to if he's like a hacker or what but all my money is gone now so i have to deal with that so the one guy who got arrested must have had like an accomplice or something on the outside because he was in and had his phone taken so i have no idea i was just like i'm so sorry peace and blessings like i hope you're okay 10 off on your next day and that was it but they <laughs> left it like they left it super clean um and everything was like there's nothing weird we checked our bank accounts never seemed to have been hacked like 
we everything was good on our end but it was definitely a weird couple days where we were just like are they coming are they gonna check back in their checkout date is in two days what's happening in the meantime so that was my craziest guest story yeah make this stuff up (laughs) this podcast is brought to you by the five-star co-host an airbnb management and consulting company that helps homeowners turn their properties into passive income streams through short-term rentals do you want to turn your vacation house into a passive income stream then look no further the five-star co-host has served over a thousand guests in several airbnb properties and in varying markets the str co-host or the five-star co-host is at the vanguard of the short-term rental industry by leveraging technology and systems to maximize the guest experience while achieving high revenue for owners get a free home analysis by emailing the five star co-host at gmail.com that's the five star co-host at gmail.com t-h-e-f-i-v-e-s-t-a-r-c-o-h-o-s-t at gmail.com